Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood and another senator. All four of them have avoided arbitration. Christian Yarosh agrees to a one-year, two-way contract, but wait till we tell you what kind of money he'll be making if he does end up in Belleville. It also begs the bigger question, are the Sens done shaping their roster this offseason? All that and... Add another one to our Sens in Europe. We'll tell you who's been loaned. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, November 4th in Pilsy. We had four RFAs eligible for arbitration. They all filed. They've all settled. This is the only one, though, Christian Yarosh, who took his qualifying offer from the NHL cap hit level but man does he get a raise on that ahl salary yep and it's nice to know that uh, we put a bow on all those rfas it's it's kind of nerve-wracking when you see those arb dates coming up and guys haven't signed yet so it's great to get them done before arbitration especially a guy like christian yaros who obviously had his sights set on a higher ahl contract because Man, 750K in the NHL and then 250K in Belleville is a pretty sweet deal by him and his agent. And I think you kind of look at that and it's similar to Joey's deal, right? Like Joey got big money in AHL because it's no secret that Joey Decord and Christian Yaros likely will spend most of the season in Belleville. So they wanted to get that security that even if they don't get the chance to get the call-ups and stuff like that, they're still going to make their money. So great deal for the Sens and for Christian Yaros here. The one thing is, Christian Yaros being eligible for waivers, he's played three full seasons already in the pro ranks. I I was going to say AHL, although in 2018-19, he played most of the year with Ottawa. Only one AHL game, 61, with the big club. But in the other two years on either side of it, big AHL games played and I don't think he makes it through waivers. I think there's at least a team out there that would give him a shot in a bottom pair role. When I was talking to Dave Poulin about Christian Yaroshin, he was the guy who told me that, man, if I'm a GM, I'm targeting him as a guy who I could get for absolutely nothing. Compared him to, funny enough, his first cousin who just won a Stanley Cup in Tampa, Eric Chernak, a guy who can play on the penalty kill, be a, a pain for four checkers when they come in they know they're going to get hit right when they touch the puck that's the kind of game that Yarosh can bring he does have a booming shot as well won't be on a power play I don't think at the NHL level but does have that kind of asset that scouts and GMs want to have on their team so I do think he plays in the NHL this year it's just a matter of where yeah but see that's where it's interesting though like if the Sens are going to call him up it's not going to be to fill a spot in the lineup uh, to, to cover an injury for a week or two, right? Because then they're stuck having him in the NHL and either looking to trade him at that point, or he's got to beat one of those defensemen for a job in the top six defensemen. So I don't think they want Christian Yaros as a seventh D just hanging around because like you said, he's only 24. There's still some value to this guy. And I think he projects perfectly as a bottom pair defenseman. He's uh, 
six foot three, 220 pounds. He's a physical guy. He can have a little bit of offense if he gets in the right spots with that slap shot. But I also don't think there's much sense having him in Belleville playing top pair minutes. You and I got to see a lot of him in Belleville last year and it's pretty underwhelming, not going to lie. So I think, yeah, like you said, either he's going to get a chance to showcase himself in the NHL for a bit and then Ottawa looks to move him or this is a huge year for him, and maybe he makes that jump and uh, solidifies his spot on the t- uh, bottom D pair in the NHL. Well, he's going to be going up probably against Artyom Zub, and yep. we're going to get into how the D shakes out with Yarosh in just a minute. But I want to focus on his last season because it was one where I think he would tell you it could have been better as well. But then you look at the numbers, and he had the second-best plus-minus on the Belleville team, had 15 points in 34 games. But where it is interesting is that 34 games and then 13 in Ottawa. So he only got to play 47 games. That sh- that could have been closer to 60-65. I forget exactly what his injury was, but I know he did miss some time. And it's hard to get in a rhythm when you do that. And he did get that last look in the NHL right before – The season went on pause. He played, I think it was like eight games, seven games as I pull it up right now. Uh, Had the one point. However, what stands out to me, Pilsy, is the time on ice. Only cracking 12 minutes two times. And then you have a game where he's playing six and a half minutes. You're not going to get to know what you have at an NHL level for a defenseman if they can't get into the rhythm of let alone a season, like I mentioned last year, but a game. And I would love to see him come in and compete for a spot at camp. You always hear that he's in the best shape. You see him even he's posting on his social media. This guy goes for like 100-kilometer bike rides just all over the the Tetras, which is the big mountain range up in Slovakia. And I just think that he's a guy who, at worst, is going to bring everybody's level of competition a little bit higher at training camp. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And he's he's the kind of guy that – you mentioned he had decent numbers in Belleville, but he's not a guy you're looking to put up points. And the plus 20 is really the nicest sat there. But when he was in Belleville, I wanted him to be dominating. Like, he he needs to be the guy that other forwards are scared to cross the blue line because they're going to get hammered by Christian Yaros. He needs to be doing better with his gap control, not letting these guys get by him and deke around him. It was those little things that, like, when he was on the ice – I was expecting him to completely shut down other teams and you didn't really notice that. So I think it'll be a good year for Christian Yaros here. And if he ends up playing in Belleville for most of the season and then gets called up at the trade deadline or something to stay, I think that'd be good for both parties. Keeps him hungry, keeps the competition going. And who who even knows what's going to happen with the AHL. So it's so hard to predict what's going to happen here for fringe guys like Christian Yaros. All I know is I'm cheering for the guy. Fifth round pick five years ago, and he does have those qualities where you're like, okay, I can see the mold of an NHL defenseman. He's big, 6'4", 220, and he's mean. He does hit, and he can drop the gloves too. We saw it a couple times in Belleville, although that's probably not his style of game. Where it gets really interesting, Bilzi, is as we get into the defense on the Ottawa Senators and how it's all going to shake out. Because the way I see it, there's four spots that are – virtually locked in the top six i'm talking shabbat gabranson zaitsev and brown you'll notice the three last names i said they're all right shot defensemen as are a couple of the guys on the outside looking in and artim zub and christian yarosh but there's still three spots left if that's the case including a seventh defenseman who will come in and out of the lineup do you think it's safe to say actually probably we could consider mike riley a lock as well 
Yeah, I would consider Mike Riley a lock as well. And he's the kind of guy I could see as being a good seventh defenseman because, you know, like, you already kind of know what you're getting from Mike Riley, right? Like, he's not a he's not a stud, and he's not a liability either. He's, he's a decent, solid NHL defenseman. And you're not worried about him developing or not getting enough ice time because you got him at a good price in the trade deadline, and he still has another year on his contract at a low term as well. So I, I see him as a guy that can bounce in and out of the lineup and – it's so interesting what's going to happen with the battle of Zub and Yaros. If you're Zub right now, you're probably a little upset that you you had all these options and you chose to go to Ottawa because you knew they were limited on the right side and you were expecting you were going to get, get going to get a good chance in the NHL. Now he's going to have to fight for that NHL chance, especially since he's waiver exempt. So he can start the season in Ottawa, and then maybe they don't like what they see. They can send him down to Belleville without losing him, whereas Christian Yaros, they don't have that luxury. And with Eric Brandstrom, who's, I think, the wild card on this entire Sens blue line, if he comes in and plays his way onto this team, he's going to play in a top-four role. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Where it also gets interesting is you talk about two guys who are waiver exempt. Two guys who would need it are Christian Willannon and Max Lajoie. I think that's going to be a battle to watch for a camp. You know what side I'm on, but I do think that competition is only a good thing going forward for Ottawa. But with that uh, battle, Ross, I feel like that's Willannon's job to lose. Yeah, you know I what agree. I mean? Whereas where, with Yarosh and Zub, I wouldn't say either one really has an upper hand. Actually, honestly, I would say Zub has an upper hand even a little bit because Christian Yarosh has had an opportunity in the NHL. Mind you, it was that 2018-2019 season when he was just needed in the NHL because they didn't have many other options. But he didn't really excel, and then he didn't really excel in Belleville either. So I would say Zub has an upper hand as of now. Sounds like a good poll question. So go to AdSense Central and have your say. Which will be the more competitive training camp battle on the Sens blue line? Will it be on the left with Willannon versus Lajoie or on the right side with Zub versus Yarosh? One thing I can tell you for sure, Pilsy, is all four of those guys will be crushing built goes before training camp because it is the easiest way to get that quick boost of energy but with absolutely no crash. Oh, yeah. Built Go is the best. It helps you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Built Go every day. It's so easy to take, guys. It's one and a half ounce packages, little handy, convenient size packages that you can put in your briefcase for work. You're not golfing anymore, but put it in your hockey bag or your workout bag. You're going for a hike, get it in your backpack, a bike ride, or just put it right in your front pocket. That's how small they are. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy drink without the same crash feeling. You don't want to, if you're coming all the way up, you don't want to come all the way back down so quickly. It's more natural. It's like a plateau of energy. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Try all those in oatmeal, protein shakes, put it on a granola bar, mix it in with some yogurt. It's really good for all that. Or just take it right from the package. They're tasty enough. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. What is collagen protein, you might ask? Well, collagen protein is a fast-absorbing gel, so it gets into your system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally will help you look better, guys. It's so clutch. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED 
and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So, Pilsy, seven senators already loaned over to Europe. I'm not counting Robbie Arventi or those guys who were already scheduled to play there, but guys who have already been in the organization, now we're adding an eighth. It's Jonathan Davidson. Tell us about his loan up to the Allsvenligan. Yeah, so he's being loaned to the Allsvenska League. I'm hoping I'm saying that right, to Vastervik in Sweden. And he gets to go along with a couple friends. His brother is there and former Hardest worker at Dev Camp, two-time winner, Andreas England will also be there. So it's always nice to go back to your home country, have a little familiarity, especially your brother and a former teammate. That's uh, that's a nice way to slide into that lineup. And it seemed like this was a long time coming. No, Ross, like he was the last guy, and nobody really talked about him being loaned. But I think this is a really important move for Jonathan because this is a guy who needs to keep working on a bunch of his game and. He didn't really get a lot of playing time last season. He bounced up and down between the NHL and AHL, and he suffered a concussion. So really a off, kind of off stability year for him. He didn't really get into his groove. So I think it's really important for him to uh, get a chance to play over in Sweden now. Yeah, he's one of those guys who I would say would be most important, along with Branstrom, who we were preaching from the very start. But his year was was so up and down. And with the chemistry that Belleville had in their top nine, there was just no spot for him. So even when he was in the lineup, he was put in more of a grinding role. And don't get me wrong, I actually think he can contribute in that kind of role at the NHL level eventually if he does get there. But he, he was playing in a fourth-line role, killing penalties. And I think his game has more offensive upside, at least if you look at what he did in the two years in the SHL with um with your garden before he came over this past season this was his first in north america so when you spend an entire year here well as much as we did get up until mid-march and only play 24 games overall that can't be great for your development so i do hope he gets a chance to get into some sort of rhythm because like we were talking about earlier with yarosh it's so hard to be in and out of the lineup and and you just can't get your game going so I, I'm hoping for Davidson. This is a guy a lot of people were excited about. Many would have even considered him the star prospect from the Matthew Shane trade. I don't know if that's the case anymore, watching Vitaly Abramov play the way he is, and then Lassie Thompson coming as the first-round pick in that trade. But there is still some offensive upside to this player, don't you think? Or I should say NHL upside. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think when the Duchesne trade happened at the time, as, as a podcast, I think all of us were more excited about Jonathan Davidson, to be honest, because like you said, he put up good SHL numbers and Abramov was still in the Quebec League. Sure, he was putting up monster points as well. But when you look at different leagues and uh, difficulties, you hold the SHL at a higher value than the, the Q, that's for sure. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what, how Davidson does with this time and yeah, I think this was a good move for the Sens and for him. And hopefully he comes back with some confidence after playing some top six minutes. And we can see what he can really do when given a proper role because he was buried in that Belleville lineup. There's going to be some opportunity for lots of guys this year. And hopefully Davidson takes advantage of his. I can tell you the other four defensemen, they're crushing the bill goes. But guys like Jonathan Davidson, 
they stick with Built Bars. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like candy bars. They come in 16 amazing flavors, so you never have to worry about having the same one twice. Literally, eight are nut-free. Eight come with nuts, but all of them are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while you're indulging in this delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, yet they're high in protein and high in fiber, a true nutritional grand slam. Now, to narrow down all of these choices from 16 to 1, we go to our co-host of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's Brandon Piller, your pick of the week. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. And Pillsy's pick of the week. This is a good one. Limited release. Another fall flavor. If you guys didn't get a chance to get this on its first round, they're bringing it back. The flavor, maple pecan. You love those two flavors. Almost like a butter tart kind of style flavor. And the big boost with the maple pecan flavor is you get 19 grams of protein. Nice flavor. Get it while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and check out all the great flavors. And our listeners are getting an unbelievable deal. When you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your first order. I'm going to read that again just because it's so unreal that you have to really process this. 20% off your first order when you go to BuiltBar.com and you put in our promo code LOCKEDON. So, Pillsy, we'll still have to count the mail-in ballots. We'll have, I believe, 23 hours left, but the early returns are in on our question from earlier in this episode, which will be the more competitive training camp battle on the Sens blue line. 65% of the first 105 votes are going with Zub versus Yarosh. So, similar to the answer we have. And Kuda, Sens Central Citizen, writing in saying that he thinks Will Annan's got it locked from camp. He hopes that he gets in a good groove from the start. He loves them, he says. But Jan Belfleur makes a point very valid as well, saying, personally, I don't think there's real competition in these choices. Maybe he thinks Branstrom's locked in and that pushes everyone down. Very plausible. He thinks that the real battles are up front between Balsers, Formanton, Abramov, and Galchenyuk. And then this is an obvious battle for sure. Logan Brown versus Josh Norris. We'll get into all of those battles, but to go into the battle that is the NHL, you have to be prepped off the ice. And you saw that Chris Tierney's training with Gary Roberts. That's got only help. Oh, yeah. And uh, apparently he's been training with Gary Roberts for a decade, according to, uh, yeah, Bruce Garriock's article. And man, if there is a, like, we're not fitness gurus or anything, but if there's anyone you want to have your name attached to when it comes to fitness and wellness, I think it's Gary Roberts. And especially... Like, what a, what a valuable resource because these NHL players, this is unprecedented what they're going through. They, like, they normally, they run their year like clockwork. They know when they need to be doing certain training to be getting ready for training camp. They know how to recover their bodies. But now, especially if you're the Ottawa Senators, you haven't played a game in, well, Ross knows how long. I've forgotten the number now. But you, you need to keep up your strength and you need to prepare for the next season, but you don't know when the start of that season is going to be. So you need fitness and wellness gurus like Gary Roberts to help you. And this could possibly be the last year that uh, Gary Roberts does this camp since he's now an employee of the Seattle Kraken. So definitely getting good use out of that. And 
I know there's not like maybe Sens fans think Chris Tierney is a bit of an afterthought, but I think we're going to see a big year from Chris Tierney, especially because he's probably going to get some really offensive, talented line mates. Yeah, he's one of those guys where opportunity will be knocking. I'm glad you mentioned Bruce Garriott because he put out in a tweet today as well that with the Yarrow signing, whenever it does, this is not confirmed, by the way, although Cap Friendly, very rarely wrong, and I believe other outlets have it as well. One guy, we'll touch on this after, but I do want to tease for tomorrow's show because Garriott finished that tweet by saying that he believes the Senators roster is now set. So that's something we'll get into on tomorrow's Locked On Senators, but... Before we go, who spat in Don Brennan's Cheerios? This guy wakes up, turns over to Twitter, and I'll let you read maybe the most negative tweet to start the day. Yeah, I, I don't really know where he's going with this, but the tweet is, Yarosh has been unable to crack a lineup that has won just 82 of 235 games. Wow, trigger, trigger much, geez. In the last three seasons. But I fully expect management to tell the world what a great and exciting prospect he is. Like, what? Of course. Like, what are the Sens going to do? Re-sign this guy and be like, yeah, he actually kind of sucks, but we got a D-steal and he's a restricted free agent. We'll probably try to trade him if a team wants him. Like, obviously, they're going to pump up their prospect. And this is a guy who's, like, we're talking about him battling for a seventh or sixth defenseman job. Like, it's not a big deal. And it was a one-year two-way deal like that literally the least consequential thing that could have happened. And you're upset about it? What? Man, at least he puts in his bio a warning. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm glad you mentioned that tweet because that's the one that got the most play. By the way, 14 likes, 14 replies on that for an even ratio. But that was actually his fourth tweet of the morning, Pilsy. Tweet number one came in at 811. TSN 1200 reporting senators have a contract with RFA Christian Yarrow. So he gives credit to the wrong source. Then he goes, Yarrow signing will be all caps huge news in Ottawa. Then the third tweet is, Coaching staff clearly doesn't like him, but whatever. And then comes in with the grand slam on the fourth one. So I don't know, Donnie. I think you should just put a smile on. We are exactly 238 days since you asked, Pilsy, since the Ottawa Senators last played a game. But tomorrow on day 239, we're going to see if the roster is set. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.